transparent aluminum spun a delicate membrane between the spindly green of transplanted Martian foliage and the blue-black Martian sky. As he watched one of the shipyard's many crew transports crawl patiently starward along a sparkling length of duranium filament, it occurred to James Kirk that man-made atmospheres were always the most fragile. Mars's chilly surface, although no longer the frigid wasteland of just a few centuries before, still clung to the planet only through the heroic efforts of her tenants. Outside the tame habitat of interlinked domes and tunnels, carefully tended flora transplanted from Earth's highest mountains and harshest tundras braved Mars's seasonal extremes, while the excess carbon dioxide from captured comets and a few million adventurous humans preserved just enough water on the surface to reward the plants with the occasional rain shower. The end result was a certain defiant beauty, spidery junipers and upright bracken reaching toward the teal spark of a homeworld their ancestors had left generations ago. Not unlike humanity. This is Dark and Stormy Nights, the podcast where we read the first page, and only the first page, of every novel ever written. I'm your host, Vin LeBate. And I'm your other host, Ben Blattberg. And tonight we're talking about the first page of Star Trek The Captain's Table, number one, War Dragons, by L.A. Graff, published in 1998. Uh, this title was suggested to us by a friend of the show and former guest, Jess Chotan. And joining us tonight is our good friend, Braden Lamb. Hello. And welcome back. Welcome. Thanks. We should take a moment, uh, just for the sake of clarity, to point out that L.A. Graff is a pseudonym for uh, the writing team of Julia Eklar and Karen Rose Sircone, uh, and occasionally Melissa Crandall, according to uh, Memory Alpha, the exhaustive Star Trek uh, wiki. Uh, and apparently, L.A. Graph is an acronym for Let's All Get Rich and Famous. I love it. A very interesting uh, goal to have when one is writing Star Trek novels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Presumably ironic. Mm. I mean, ju- judging by by what I had read about them, their, their entries in uh, Memory Beta, the, uh, the Star Trek ancillary media, uh, wiki. Um, uh, one is a geology professor and the other is a professional writer and filk performer. Mm. So, so this is, I would imagine this is largely done for, for the love of it. Mm-hmm. Although I wish them good paychecks. Mm. Are they still writing? Are, are, are Star Trek I, novels still being published? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no follow-ups. <laughs> I was going to say, like, to, to memory beta. Or, uh... Yeah, I'd be curious, are there any, like, Star Trek Discovery novels being published? Mm-hmm. Well, it is curious. It seems like there was a moment there where I kind of thought, like, Star Trek was dead. Yeah. It, it, in the way that these franchises, you know, they, they kind of crash for a while, and then, like, someone reboots them, maybe, uh, and then they crash again. Uh... Because uh, there were never meant to be movies, uh, let's say. Uh, <laughs> uh, the answer to your earlier question is yes, there are both Discovery and Picard novels already. Oh, okay. And and these are not just novelizations of? Uh, I don't think so. 
<laughs> well, the only way to find out is to watch the shows and then read them. Yes, uh, but they're on two different streaming services I don't have. <laughs> well, actually, so I guess that's uh, my first question, just for context. Well, I guess, what context are, are you two bringing to this? Like, are you big Star Trek fans? Are you... Wait, is this based on something? <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek? That's the, that's the one with the big teddy bears, right? <laughs> Wait, I feel like you're referencing something and I'm lost. No, uh, Ewoks. Oh, okay. No, Lost is a different series. <laughs> um, yeah, so yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a Trekker and also a, a War, War, Warzian? A Jedi? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars fans don't have a don't have a, a a nice neat moniker other than Jedi, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've watched my fair share of Star Trek. Yeah, all uh, a lot of the original series, all all Next Generation, all DS Nine, most of Voyager, and a fair bit of uh, Enterprise. I've watched all of Enterprise, and I think none of Voyager. Actually, hmm. it's fun. <laughs> Wait, are, are, are either of you watching Lower Decks? That's on the radar, but I haven't chanced it yet. I cannot access it. I've mm-hmm. heard it's good. I'm interested in, in seeing it. And yeah, I've seen most of the first season of Discovery, and it's. I think that's not for me. I saw the first episode of Picard, and that was way too action-y for me. I haven't seen either, but that is a weird take for Star Trek. I, I was I was promised cozy mysteries on a vineyard. <laughs> you just want to see uh, uh, Picard and his brother rolling around in the dirt? Ah, no, but if you'll remember, his brother Robert, uh, or is it no Rene, uh, burned in a fire off screen, as uh, as seen in um, Star Trek Generations. I just did away with all his existing uh, with all his living family. <sighs> one of the many crimes of the movie star trek generations that was the that was the handoff movie right yes uh, yep. between the old yeah yeah uh yeah it is curious how uh, uh if anyone is uh, a big fan of uh star trek uh, and still listening after i just hit my microphone <laughs> uh, uh causing causing a big spike um uh uh i can recommend the uh the the podcast blank check did a whole series on the uh original series movies and like they've had like kind of an interesting critical reception um i don't know it really made me want to re- want to rewatch uh, voyage home mm-hmm. where they're just in present mm-hmm. day san francisco yep. and it's like mostly a comedy uh or not mostly a comedy but kind of mostly uh, a comedy <laughs> yeah you know I, I, you just want to see uh like like punks get it on buses, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's what you go to Star Trek for. Yeah, um, Hollywood's concept of a punk. Yeah, yeah. I think that guy was working on the film anyway. Uh, uh, huh. But again, that that is not our our, our barely our our bailiwick. Um, although it is curious. Yes, let's plug a different podcast <laughs> that is doing very well. <laughs> Have you guys heard of Serial? Mm-hmm. There. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Is anyone listening to Serial anymore? Then uh, cut that in case it gets us into trouble. But um, it is curious, also, like how this franchise exists. Uh, I mean, sorry, maybe all franchises now exist across all media. Mm. Um, like that wasn't always the way, right? Uh, 
And th- this was, sorry, what, what year is this? 1980? Just had it. 98? 98. 98. Okay. So, uh, 98. Next Generation is still on the air, I think. Coming to an end? Yeah. I, I feel like it came to an Coming end. to an end. DS9 is on the air because I, I saw the covers of the other novels and Cisco is on there. Hmm. No, no. Next Generation ended in late 80s, I think. Oh. Wait, D- or early 90s. Space 9 ends in 99. Mm. So this yeah. is coming to an end. 94. Because Cisco didn't start out as a captain. 94 is the end of Next Gen. Yeah, and and Voyager is ninety five to two thousand one. Hmm. That's interesting. It it is curious to me how like like w- what is the appetite for uh, original series novelizations? Not novelizations. Excuse me. Uh, novels or like me like who 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 is this for? <laughs> hmm. How can we get rich and famous from a a series that has been off the air for what thirty years? Uh, I mean, hmm. Star Trek is very much its own self-sustaining fandom at this point. Like, I think that there is enough, like, free-flowing Star Trek fandom money to keep this, pardon the expression, enterprise uh, running fairly indefinitely. Mm-hmm. You're saying they have uh, uh, Deep Space Nine pockets? Oof. Uh, Show uh, canceled. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 we've got a few more. Although it is curious, sorry, uh, I mean, especially... They've got their Picard of the, of the <laughs> litter. Uh, uh, something, something Voyager. Hmm. Uh, but um, it is curious, like, uh, I, I was going to ask this question before, and then I thought it would be too much of a tangent, but here we are now. Hmm. Um, uh, like, what, what fandoms have specialized names? Like, if you're into Doctor Who, you could be a Whovian. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I think that's a that's kind of a more recent uh, term. Mm-hmm. The Bronies, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, as as you pointed out, Brayden, like if you're into Star Wars, like like what do you like? Maybe you call yourself a a Jedi. Maybe unless you identify too much with like. The Mandalorians or the Sith. Yeah, I don't um, think I've ever actually heard, now that you mentioned it, any kind of specific name for Star Wars fans. But mm-hmm. which, <laughs> yeah, which is weird because because for a long time their Star Wars was not as omnipresent, and yet there was a fan base there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say these days you just call Star Wars fans people. Yeah. Mm. Or also, like, I mean, if if you are into comics, you're just a comics fan. Uh, mm. If you're like a DC person or a Marvel person, you just refer to yourself as a DC or a Marvel person, mm-hmm. uh, which which are like known things but don't have names attached to them. Yeah. And I wonder why Star Trek has that has that community. Or actually, maybe that's the answer because, like, no, that can't be the answer. That there was a community there. I kind of think it is. Like, yeah. Well, that there was a long stretch where there wasn't any Star Trek Mm -hmm. and the fans kind of gave themselves this identity. Mm -hmm. Like the appear, appear to peer network without any, like, I mean, one benefit of that is that you don't have to fight with, uh, some corporate, uh, structure, um, for ownership. They, no, Oh, sorry. 
there was another excellent podcast of, uh, I think, Imaginary Worlds, um, mm. where they, they talked about like fan made Star Trek films. Yeah. And like how that had a, a curious relationship with the, uh, like, for a while it was like there were no Star Trek films being made. So, like, you know, Paramount just kind of turned a blind eye, you know, and then when they started to remake some stuff or reboot the series, like they had to deal with that. Um, also, I just did like a Google uh, Ngram view just to see how popular Trekkie and Trekker are. Mm-hmm. And, and Trekker, uh, well, that can't, it can't be for Star Trek because it, it started to have a real uptick in like the 1940s. Mm. Uh, so th- th- this might not be a good, uh, uh, good evidence for that. But I, I do remember like there was a time when like it was people would just say Trekkie. And then at some point people who I was talking to at least kind of realized that like, oh no, like this community prefers the term Trekker and like Trekkie is kind of considered a little insulting, a little, uh, like that Saturday night live sketch. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no. We prefer the term pedant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, as seen by the fact that this book is, uh, well, I mean, it's got a pretty, it, it, it's got a pretty full, uh, entry in memory alpha for a book that I, I never heard of before, uh, which mm. I guess is, that's not, that's not dispositive of anything. I, I haven't heard of many books. Um, so wait, there are a lot, <laughs> there are a lot of books, friends. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, but we still need yours. So send us, um, so going into this book, sorry, mm. that's what I wanted to say. Uh, what? Oh, this book, ago? the one we're reading. <laughs> going into this book, what, what are you, what, what are you all carrying in? Uh, a lot of goodwill. Mm-hmm. Goodwill and low expectations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a, a general interest in the type of thing that Star Trek does. Some, some pulpy action, some uh, cerebral uh, diplomacy stuff. But yeah, no, no expectations for a particular balance of those elements in a novel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, f- I, f- I feel like ha- having read uh, some Star Trek novelizations, some or not novelizations, uh, some tie-in novels, uh, some Star Wars, and uh, what else? An X Files uh, novel. I'm sure there were a couple others. Uh, the 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 tie-in novel I feel like can can go one of two ways. It can either be a lot more introspective, get some you know mm. uh, inner monologues of characters, or have long conversations about the about the themes that are in this story or in the the series in general uh, that that wouldn't fit into uh, a TV or a movie runtime. Or it can go the other way and do the big spectacle action stuff mm. that a that a TV budget mm-hmm. couldn't do. Hmm. So and and judging by the title and the cover, I would have guessed that this was more the former, the sort of diplomacy. We have to stop action from happening. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I. I mean that that's a curious. As, as sorry. I, 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 I do love a good system. Uh, and I do like the idea of like when someone could pitch a novel, it could be either, you know, we get deep into this character in a way that we couldn't in the show, 
or uh, mm-hmm. I'll show you like this entire war uh, in meticulous detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Or this crazy alien that is not just a person with some forehead ridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like a, a vague shimmer of like film that was mm-hmm. exposed twice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, let's let's jump in. Uh, so that, those those are the expectations going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Van, I think we should uh, start timing uh, how long it takes to get us uh, to the, the first page. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I will say, uh, as someone who is a uh, medium Star Trek guy, mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to paraphrase uh, another, ep- uh, another podcast, <laughs> uh, I, I really do things other than listen to podcasts. But uh, uh, Jesse Thorne refers to himself as a medium Star Wars guy, which mm-hmm. I kind of like. It's like, oh yeah, I like this. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not building my personality about this. Um, uh, I I uh, really got into Next Generation uh, mostly because my sister was into it, mm. and I really enjoyed uh, some episodes of Deep Space Nine that I remember watching. Uh, I think I watched some Voyager, uh, and it's one of those things where I kind of feel like, you know what, like maybe I should go back and just like. You know, just like watch a bunch, uh, but it just never happens. I mean, I always have that thought about like, maybe I should do this. Where recently I had the thought, what if I watch Doctor Who from the beginning and record mm. a solo podcast where I slowly go insane? Uh, <laughs> um, that, that was my last idea. Uh, but so coming into this, I also have like, I don't know. I, I think I probably have uh, the same low expectations. Um, and I have read and enjoyed media tie-in novels like uh you know it, it's a thing where like you know how people like make fun of bad films mm-hmm. and it's just like mm-hmm. it's really hard to make anything let alone make it good mm-hmm. and like at, at some point in my life I, I i stopped being amused by like like look at this bad film uh in like a mean way i, I still think there's ways to mm-hmm. enjoy a bad film uh that are a little less mean but like it's hard to do something like even so even if this novel is not great like uh I, I haven't finished a novel yet, so like like good good on them. Yep. Um Yeah. But I guess maybe I come in with a little less goodwill. And this first line, uh well, and also for the listener, uh when I read this out loud, uh I I stumbled over many of these sentences. And I don't know if that's just because of their their size, uh, but there there's something about this writing that feels uh, harder for my brain to grok mm. uh, than other works we have looked at. So I'll say that. But starting with this first line Transparent aluminum spun a delicate membrane between the spindly green of transplanted Martian foliage and the blue black Martian sky. I, I'm immediately confused by transplanted Martian foliage because that to me says they took plants off of Mars. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. not have used Martian twice in yeah. this sentence. And then we get mm-hmm. the blue black Martian sky. It's it's not a sexy opening sentence. This this really kind of communicates. We're we're gonna do some some hard sci-fi stuff. We're gonna throw some techno babble at you or techno babble. Mm-hmm. So I do love that. Oh, I'll just say like that. The first the first noun is uh or you know the first subject of a sentence is uh, transparent aluminum. It's like oh yes yeah. There's a lot <laughs> of it'd be like yeah. There's a lot of materials on this page. <laughs> Yeah. So I'll say that like just just broadly like I'm not as as is probably well established I'm not 
in any way against a page or a novel, starting with a bunch of description about a thing and like, you know, being sort of like poetically descriptive or like trying to create imagery. But I feel like when you are making a novel based on a property based very specifically on characters and like specific, like A, we don't start on character interaction at all. We don't really see Kirk aside from a little bit of his thoughts, but also like probably the least interesting thing in Star Trek is Mars. (laughs) Like, well, yeah, yeah. If you're going to put me on Mars, put me in a, a room where people are talking to each other or like something is going on. They've just brought back some kind of weird specimen from, yeah. from, uh, uh, Rubos five. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause like Star Trek thrives on either like weird stuff far away that people are seeing for the first time or like, you know, some, complicated federation politics and this isn't either of those this is like this is red mars yeah yeah well it's it's funny because like just to take as an example the the first jj abrams movie i think which starts Mm -hmm. you know starts with kirk uh, a little young like race i hate that scene so much but that i mean that that is not i don't think out of place exactly in at least some space exploration science fiction where like you start on earth with someone who like can't hack it on earth essentially. Right. Yeah. Like he's too wild or he's, you know, uh, but yes. Um, but it is funny that like, so you, you could start with that. Um, or you could start like, you know, uh, photon torpedoes and, uh, you know, a bird of prey. Is that right? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was about to say like, Oh, I love the name bird of prey. And then I was like, wait, is that, what am I talking about? Um, well, there's birds of prey and there's also war, war birds. <laughs> yes. Uh, and of course, the, the famous uh, Vulcan ship, the Warburton. Uh, which, <laughs> okay. Uh, something, something Voyager. But, um, mm. uh, uh, but, but I think you're right. There is something kind of like, I don't know if it's like having it both ways here where it's like, oh, it's, it's not too crazy. Um, and maybe that's on purpose, this being the, the first book in a series. Mm. I don't want to start too crazy. We're just like on Mars and it's like it's terraformed, but like just barely. Yeah. Yeah. But like you could also have started this small and like personal. Mm-hmm. Like this is the first book of the captain's table. I would love to see the it's captain's table. table. Like <laughs> if you mm-hmm. started if you started with Kirk and Sulu in a conversation, that's like sort of an automatic hook in the context of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get to see those guys together as captains a lot. Yeah. And this, yeah, this, this is interesting. This is from the era when they are both separately captains. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. A, a, another thing about the timeline. Yeah. I, I thought it was a little weird that, that Mars hasn't been terraformed that much. Uh, but, uh, but I did like that it is, like the visuals that it's painting outside these the the safe you know hermetically sealed bubbles, it looks like the old frontier. Mm. Like it's all dusty and there's scrubby junipers and brushes and stuff, and the you know the few million of adventurous humans. Uh, that 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 was kind of interesting to me. It made me think for a second. Like 
Like, are they, are they ranching cattle? Are they farming crops? No, they're, this, this, they, they don't have to be there. They're only there for the adventure. <laughs> this is a, this is a post scarcity, uh, economy and society. So they're, they're not scraping out a living out there. They're just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't dislike this description. I think it's pretty solid in a lot of places. But I want it to be more compact and from a point of view, like yeah, not necessarily a character point of view, but like I want to know what window this is looking out. I want to know who's in the room, like more so than with a lot of other things, because this is so premised on being about these characters. It's weird to have them not have a strong voice mm-hmm. from the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel, I feel I feel like that might be the 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 author's interest in this in this setting that mm-hmm. we haven't really seen Utopia Planitia that much. Mm. It's referenced a few times as like the the one of the big Starfleet shipyards. So stuff happens there, but I, to my knowledge, we've not really visited it. Yeah, and it doesn't seem that interesting to visit. <laughs> sadly. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, maybe that's why it, it, it's funny because, like, what you're pointing out is like, like there's there's nothing exciting there, but also, like, it is in a way a stepping stone to adventure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which maybe is why, like, one reason why you 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 would you would uh, place your your captain's table where if again <clears throat> breaking the format as as we do, mm. uh, we should just start off with that to say like. We're a formatless podcast, but like if this if this is going to be a book where Kirk and Sulu tell each other stories, uh, like uh, of of adventure, then like you know maybe the shipyards is a good place for that since that is a requisite for those space adventures. Mm. Mm, yeah, uh, and as a very little side tangent, uh, I think I have the name for our uh, our Star Trek uh, writing collective. It's a uh, L.A. Haps. Uh, let's all have a post-scarcity economy. <laughs> Into it. Yeah. Yes. Cosine. Uh, but um, yes. So this page, a uh, lot of materials. Uh, you know, I, I'll confess. I also just went and read the 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 um, the summary of the book because I was like, I was a little confused. Like, so Kirk is going to tell a story, then Sula's going to tell a story. Mm. Like and then the stories are gonna like come together or like are they just separate stories? Uh, it, yeah, I, I looked up the summary. It's mostly Sulu's story. Kirk seems to be there as kind of the uh, 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 he's 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 like putting Wolverine on the cover of your comic. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you 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 come here for Kirk and 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 you get a good story about somebody else. Uh-huh. But it's yeah, uh, yeah. Do do we want to talk Sulu a little bit? Because he's an interesting case. It's a made up name. Yeah, it is. Huh. Now that you mention it. <laughs> huh. Wait a minute. It's not. It's not a a Japanese name, mm-hmm. or like the. I think. I think I've heard the closest it might be is. Uh, I don't know, uh, some some kind of Pacific, maybe Philippine. Anyway, yeah. Uh, and 
the that history with Sulu plus the not a fantastic likeness of him on the cover mm. plus the 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 subtitle for this novel War Dragons mm. kind of mm. put me on guard like uh oh yeah but but apparently the the dragons in the title are pretty literal there there's a couple of species a couple of reptilian species mm. oh like a crate dragon uh, in Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're. Uh, I think um, that someone people. calls a dragon because oh, they're, li- they're lizard people. Mm-hmm. They're um, uh, they're pirates. So yeah, I, I, the 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 summary quickly disabused me of the of the notion that this would be a a, a thinky, talky diplomacy book. Uh, there's like space battles aplenty. There's piracy. There's like traps massacres rescues it sounds like a blast (laughs) yeah and and below it all there's some like there's some like what makes these people in particular tick these uh these lizard people oh yeah apparently in some japanese dub sulu's family name is changed to kato Hmm. because (laughs) sulu is not yeah a name that you can really do uh, Mm -hmm. uh Uh, according to what I'm reading, uh, Gene Roddenberry picked the name uh, after the Sulu Sea. Okay. Hmm. And uh, apparently he first, he got his first name in a, a book by uh, Vonda McIntyre, uh, who, who's an author with many non-tie-in books that you might have read. Uh, and hmm. yes, she, she gave him the name Hikaru, which had to be cleared with Gene Roddenberry and George Takei. Hmm. Huh. Fair curious thinking about like the like how many people you have to get to sign off for like a a, a piece of uh, uh imaginary work mm-hmm. wow hmm. okay yes the war dragons uh put me off a little bit um it's also was... it's also very sorry it's also very weird for a star trek title mm-hmm. like that wouldn't be the title of a star trek episode mm. yeah uh maybe maybe an original series that's it's closer to what what one of those titles might be which is appropriate for original series characters mm-hmm. uh but uh, uh about the cover uh sulu is not d- does not re- uh, resemble george takei uh to me but there's not a lot there's something wrong with the the shatner face and i can't quite i don't know if it's like there's something that's not quite right here yeah they both look strangely like young yeah. yeah, they kind of look like they they kind of look like not Madame Tussauds, mm. but another mm-hmm. wax museum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they like off-brand uh, Madame Tudos or something. <laughs> Putting them like having them stand next to each other, you can tell who they're supposed to be. But I feel yeah. like if you put either of them on a separate cover alone, you'd be like, okay, I a new captain. Can we talk briefly about uniforms? I, I know this is an audio format, but <laughs> do either of you have a preference for an era of uniform for Star Trek? Mm. What we've got on the cover here is the movie era, the the red with the little like ribbed white turtleneck collar and the little strap over the shoulder. Yeah, I don't hate it. Yeah, I like this one. Yeah, that's that's always been a fun design to me. The, the next thing kind of looks like 
like some sort of uh uh like like Victorian ruffles uh evolved <laughs> over the years. There's there's something that seems kind of uh I don't know. Oh yeah. A little Yeah. Uh like it's inher- inherited from some old military yeah. dress uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. they're 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 you know cavaliers in the English Civil War. Uh or their inheritors. Um, but I do like, like the, 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 like <laughs> I'm gesturing as if I was, uh, attaching a part of my shirt to another part of my shirt, uh, with Velcro. Uh, I, I do like that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm also curious, sorry, uh, this is even harder to see, uh, but the people in the back, like what's up with them? Like, uh, I don't, yeah, there's some other aliens. There's probably a Vulcan. There's probably a Klingon. And there's, I don't know, maybe a Romulan. And then some other, <laughs> some other face makeup y aliens mm-hmm. just sort of hanging around. Klingon's having a good time. A couple people are chatting over a drink. Hmm. Uh, oh, uh, the the really weird conceit of this series of novels uh, I discovered is that the captain's table is this weird extra dimensional bar that only captains can get into. I knew it was a bar. I didn't know it was extra dimensional. That is a yeah, twist so, I did not expect. So all the main Star Trek captains like meet each other at some point in these novels. Mm. Oh. So it's like a generations of generations. Yeah. And it really, that only made me think of that bar in the Captain Morgan ads that, that only captains go to. (laughs) Wait, just to be clear, all of the, like the captain's table is just a frame, right? Like this is not like the captains share a story uh, and then they realize something and through the extra dimensional uh, travel afforded to them by the captain's table uh, interdimensional rift uh, are able to solve something like it's just a frame they get together and they talk right uh, that I couldn't tell you it, <laughs> I, I would love it if if there was some sort of conveyance of like so, some sort of conference and like there's something lurking beneath this whole series mm-hmm. of novels that they all have to team up together to solve yeah yeah, that 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 I, I I would totally dig. The tagline does say Captains Kirk and Sulu must stop an alien war. Mm-hmm. So it implies uh, they're working together. Yeah, they're talking about the time that they had to stop a war. Mm. So it's all to, it's all told in retrospect. Yeah, the 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 bar. The idea is that you pay for your drinks with a story. Oh, so it's like a Sandman bar, which is mm-hmm. way more way more like a writing exercise than I would have expected from, uh, from a Star Trek tie-in novel. Mm. I mean, I'm, I am curious. Okay. So <clears throat> just to go through, uh, war dragons with Kirk and Sulu, Dujonian's horde with Picard, the mist with Cisco Fireship with Janeway once burned with captain Mackenzie Calhoun, who I do not recognize. Where Sea Meets Sky with Captain Christopher Pike. Uh, who's isn't he long dead? Or is that is that just in the movies? Uh, I think that might be part of the conceit is that it's like a cross time bar. Right. Yeah. I I would guess that this is before the horrible accident 
that put him in a mm. in a some, some sort of some sort of like <laughs> yeah some sort of life support device uh yeah but yeah, I do not know who Calhoun is. Yeah, I I will say I do love uh, I do love a cross time saloon mm-hmm. or like like anything mm-hmm. where, where where people out of time can meet. Uh, oh damn! Is Calhoun Kelsey Grammer? Uh, <laughs> I don't think it is, but I would love it if they just had a Star Trek novel with Kelsey Grammer on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> like I I I can't not see him. Uh, in his uh, radio recording booth as Frasier. Uh, uh-huh. uh, oh boy, I just looked up Captain Calhoun and wow. Yeah? Mackenzie Calhoun, formerly known as M apostrophe K apostrophe N apostrophe ZY of Calhoun, aka Calhoun the God, was a Xenac Xenexian Starfleet officer. Oh. Whoa. Mackenzie. Oh, okay. It's M apostrophe K apostrophe N apostrophe ZY. Yep. Like he's Mr. Mixes Spitlick or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's real, real John Jones. Is this his bar? I do love, like, (laughs) is this his fifth dimensional bar? Like, Mm. can you, can you imagine writing up the, the, the pitch document to bring to the publisher on this? You're like, everyone's favorite captains, you know, Kirk, Picard, Cisco, Janeway, Calhoun, Pike, like everyone knows these people. Just be like, wait, I like, unless you are uh, a serious uh, Star Trek person, uh, like I I feel like Christopher Pike is kind of a deep pull. Yeah. And Mackenzie. And then there was, there was a book that was just a series of short stories, which seems like a fun, like, like, do you really want one of these captains narrating a, a, a whole novel? Oh, Chakotay became a captain. Good for him. Hmm. Cool. Apparently, Mackenzie Calhoun was created by Peter David. Oh. Hmm. Huh. Do we know anything about... Sorry, this is... Uh, do we know anything about uh, how well these books sold? Uh, I certainly don't. Yeah. Enough that there's a lot of them? Uh, I, I feel like they... You mean this this particular series, The Captain's Table? Yeah. I feel like they probably greenlit the whole series at once. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is um uh in 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 role playing games, there is uh uh like you notice that the cover of this page says the captain's table, book one of six. Uh mm-hmm. there there there's kind of like a, a long standing curse that if you ever if you put like volume one on your series, uh you will never be able to publish volume two. <laughs> for a variety of <laughs> reasons, but there's just like a, a history of things from like the seventies and eighties that were just like, like we thought this was going to be something. And then it wasn't like, gosh, gosh, Mackenzie Calhoun has a very, like, at first I thought, uh, of course this character has a, uh, a, a lengthy entry in memory alpha and memory beta, but surely not in regular Wikipedia. Mm-mm. Uh, <laughs> but I forgot who writes Wikipedia articles. <laughs> you remember there there was an onion article like i don't know a hundred years ago that said like man spends uh all weekend learning about uh the the scroll war uh on wikipedia <laughs> just like yeah that's that's what we use it for oh man hmm. oh well i don't know if we have anything else to say about this page but i've I mean, if if you have anything else to say, I'd I'd, I'd be happy to hear about it. 
Like, I, I feel like there's something here. Like, there, there's something about, like, we, we get it we get it at the end of the page, which is kind of, like, something that often happens, uh, certainly in my own writing, where, like, the first, you know, page is kind of throat clearing. But, like, the idea that there's, like, they're transplants and, like, they're reaching, you know, towards home, but they're also headed away. Mm-hmm. And yet, the lack of character, the, the lack of, like, dynamism of any relationship really kind of uh, dooms this page. Uh, to me, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I agree that that it's like, yeah, it's some potentially interesting, like uh, uh, establishing shot, kind of that that through writing you get you get to start introducing themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like this, the the reason we're here is because this reminds this reminds the reader of x yeah Mm -hmm. it's not a particularly interesting scene and it's not a particularly apt metaphor because all these captains are not reaching toward home Mm -hmm. the whole deal with being a starship captain is you're reaching to the stars Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 there's something funny about like like i i do like that like the, the the summation of like the end result was a certain defiant beauty, spidery junipers and upright bracken reaching toward the teal spark of a homeworld their ancestors had left generations ago. Yeah, that sentence goes on a little long, and I wouldn't call Earth a teal spark necessarily, but like it, it is funny because of course, like you think of spark, which like you know, like as 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 a thing that initiates, right? Mm. You know, it starts the fire. Uh, but like I I've, putting that next to teal. Um, <laughs> Especially like I don't like I don't think of the Earth as a teal necessarily. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you know, there's like the blue marble. Uh, you know, like unless something really weird happened <laughs> to the environment in the intervening well, centuries. But you're not accounting for the color shift of the Martian atmosphere. Right, right, right. Yes. Ah, uh, true, true. And we're yeah, yeah. The 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 expansion uh, of the galaxy is uh, uh, blue shifting. Mm. Wait, mm-hmm. is it blue shift or red shift? I can't remember. Uh, well, if it was turning teal, it would be red shifting. <laughs> uh but wait but which is expansion is is expansion redshift when things move farther away i think it's red if it's coming at you because it compresses and blue if it's going away mm-hmm. because it expands yeah. <laughs> uh this is uh uh the, the the physics of color theory with three humanities majors uh, welcome to 99 percent visible <laughs> <laughs> or that'd be great like i i i should, should, should we start a podcast called one percent visible that's just like that's just like about like really obvious things that everyone knows oh, man. that actually is a good idea i might cut that out so no one steals it uh as the kids uh, say yeah. tm 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 <laughs> yeah no but Braden, that was i really like that that point about like like there's this weird thing about like these transplants who like are barely surviving in a way uh, mm-hmm. and like reaching towards their home world. Uh, and then we get that like kind of clunky, not unlike humanity, mm. which is in italic. Mm-hmm. So like probably Kirk's thoughts, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. but like that is not the case for Starfleet, which specifically has the remit of like to explore places that people have not been yeah. in before. And which very clearly like thrives everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the captain says it at least once a day, right? <laughs> when he, when he gets up 
He says the whole thing mm-hmm. about space, the final frontier. Well, as he's brushing yeah, his teeth, like looking in the mirror, like, "What am I even doing here?" <laughs> like, gotta like put on his face. That'd be great. I would, I would, I would watch. Oh right, right. To boldly go. I, I would. I, I, Let's get. Let's I, do it. I would watch a series with like uh, uh, a deeply depressed captain. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Who's just like, or like, I mean, I don't know if you could play like uh, a captain who is like so depressed that he launches his crew into suicidal missions. Uh, I don't know if you could play that Mm. for comedy uh, Mm. so much, but like uh, that would explain a lot of things uh, uh, about how they end up in all these situations. Um, But yeah, like even if, if sorry, we're very over time, but if you had, well, we'll cut out all the other stuff. Uh, If you, if you had started this, this page with like Kirk thought about something or just like, so that we know we are in someone's point of view. um, I think that would have helped me get into this page a little more. Mm hmm. I mean, the, at the top of the page, it says Kirk, Yeah, but nothing else on the page says Kirk. Yeah. 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 I wonder if, again, like having skimmed the summary for this, uh, if this theme of like, of things struggling to survive will in fact come back, not so much for the human captains, but for the, the aliens who, uh, at least in, in the first part seem like scavengers. Yeah, yeah, there is there is some like going to extreme measures in order to preserve their existence. Mm-hmm. Not unlike humanity. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But again, this is this is kind of inference. Yes, yeah, yeah. Everybody would be great to like uh like the the sister podcast to this is one where we just like we read a summary and try to imagine what the writing is like. Mm. As opposed to this, where we read the first page and try to imagine what the whole book is like. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like I've, uh, uh, I feel like I've talked too much and uh, given my summations. Uh, do you guys have any any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not totally turned off by the by the prose. I, it's you know uh, seems seems like pretty capable, occasionally poetic. Uh, handles you know uh kind of just enough sci-fi terminology to to for for the uh for the layperson to understand this is what this is and not just a string of a string of uh syllables but yeah outside of the uh, again like the like like the uh the previous book i'm not sure what order this is going to be aired in but the i i wish i had known that this was going to be uh, more of a rip-roaring adventure. Yeah. There's nothing here that mm. really telegraphs that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, again, not like a terrible page. Also, I mean, and this is very much a thing about my taste, the least interesting thing that like extended universe can do for me is focus on specifically the main characters of the series. Like, I'm not... Mm-hmm. Like Mm. for me, whenever someone is writing like a Kirk or a Luke Skywalker or like another main character, it always feels clangy. And like, I'm just Mm -hmm. not really interested in continuing, like continuing adventures in that way. Um, Like I'm much more interested in like original characters or like obscure side characters exploring the space. Yeah. Because I feel like you just can't explore things the same way with like the main characters 
There's not a lot of mystery to Kirk, I feel like. Yeah, very little. <laughs> Probably the most open book that there is. <laughs> or a thinnest book. Um, <laughs> so like... Or data pad. Um, uh, all right, I'm, I'm looking for uh, the name of Quark's son. I cannot remember. Oh, uh, man. Uh, Nog. Nog. But like... Yeah, I'd like, read a Nog novel. Like, like I'm not like, oh, like, yeah. like a Nog, like kind of like a low stakes caper novel on the station. Mm. Yep. Uh, and I feel like, I mean, the thing with uh, maybe a, a TV show more than a movie is that like TV shows, especially like TV shows that had 22 to 24 episodes a season, like they could have an episode that was like, let's focus on this person for a little while. Like they could do the like, like, you know, let's talk about Dr. Crusher. Let's uh, say. Whereas in movies, you know, it's much more driven by the main character. Uh, so, I mean, maybe, like, I, I kind of feel like maybe Nog did have some 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 time. Oh, he definitely did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some great stuff with Nog later in the series. Yeah. But but still, like, I mean, even... Oh, there's, there's plenty more to explore yeah, there, yeah. yeah. I always liked Odo. Mm-hmm. About, oh, okay, wait. Quark mm-hmm. and Odo... Uh, what are we at? Like 15 minutes? Uh, Quark and Odo uh, team up. I mean, I'm sure they did it in the show. They would have to. Like, yeah. That's a classic like uh, buddy cop pairing of people who don't get along and have differing views on the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, yeah. Like, I want to see them in like a holodeck noir adventure gone wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, and maybe the doctor. He was fun. You know what? I kind of feel like I want to watch Deep Space Nine. I kind of want to watch Deep Space Nine. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good show. Tune well, in next uh, week for our Deep Space Nine watchcast. <laughs> uh, what would we call it? Uh, uh, deeper Space, uh, Deep Space 1 through 8. Uh, <laughs> Pods caster than death or night. Uh, the Delta Quadrant wormhole uh, something. I don't even remember if it was the Delta Quadrant. Just the uh, Prophets. <laughs> also like i just like we need something that tells people what they're getting in for right <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like let's have a, a a podcast about uh just just the greek letter delta uh yeah. delta quadrant <laughs> no one will like it but mm. oh well on that note actually wait uh brayden are you reading or watching anything good oh let's see that you have to finish anything that you have to finish before you pick up the captain's table series uh i keep uh, I keep borrowing ebooks from the library and only have limited time to read them and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been enjoying the, uh, uh, dark is rising sequence. Oh yeah. I really liked, I really liked the first book or the first really? published book. The one that's just called the dark is rising. Oh yes. That is the, that is the one that is good. Yeah. The, I like the actual first book is. is less good. Oh Yeah. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Um, I actually just read those two because I've meaning to reread the series or read the series because I read The Darkest Rising as a kid and I loved it and it's weird and dreamy. Um, and I, mm-hmm. for the first time in my life, managed to finish Oversee Understone, which I've started like three times, but it's mm-hmm. not great. Um, have you read any of the, have you read any of the uh, Tiffany Aching books? No, that's, that's also on my list yeah uh the they are fantastic and they also 
although they take place on disc worlds, this like other fantasy worlds, uh, they there are sort of a lot of parallels to uh, ancient British Isle folklore uh, that that are sort of poked at and prodded at, and there are uh, there there is a uh, there's a fateful Morris dance uh, hmm. that uh, that the main character sort of on a whim takes part in, and Winter falls in love with her. Hmm. The concept of Winter falls in love with her and won't leave. <laughs> That's a good one. That's called Winter Smith. Hmm. Okay, on that note, we have actually broken an hour. So, <laughs> Braden, where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Braden Lamb and. My art can be found at, uh, alongside my wife's at Shelly Ann Braden on Instagram, S-H-E-L-L-I, the word and Braden. Thanks for joining us on Dark and Stormy Nights. I've been your host, Ben Blackberg. And you can find me on Twitter at InCatastrophe. And I've been your other host, Finn LeBate. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Reciprocity. You can find the games that I write at MrReciprocity.itch.io. And you can find my other podcast, The Chimera, at TheChimera.space, on Twitter at ChimeraPod, or on your podcast app of choice. For show updates, follow Dark Knights Reads on Twitter, or visit DarkKnightsReads.com. And we'll meet you back here next week.